Let's do it. Bonus. Bonus sound check. Bonus. Check, check. Chickity check. Check, check. Check, check. You gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. Cause shotgun shells are bad for your health. Size cube, right? Yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Now let's check yourself remix. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us tonight on the panel are Dave Ramirez, Roger May, Johnny Morales. Producer, as always, is Matthew Lubick. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Thank you. And if this is your first time ever listening to this show, we are a review slash spoiler podcast. We typically review a Marvel book, an indie book, and a DC book each week. Uh, we have we let you know like some of the big titles that are coming out. We review a graphic novel, and we play some trivia to give you, the listener, a chance to win the things that we are reviewing. So you're going to want to pay attention for the end of it, uh, or the end of the show, to turn in your answers. Um, but we always like to start the show off, at least recently, with news and questions. So, Johnny. Yeah, I have um, a couple Keep of pieces quick. of news. Yes, Mech Cadet U is uh, ending um, after uh, 12 issues. Um, it launched last year. Greg Pak, Big Giant Robots, huge hit. Now it's ending. Anyway. Must have been great because I never heard of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, what book? I've never heard Mech of Cadet you. U. Is it online or is it legitimate? It's legitimate. <laughs> it's legitimate. It's. Uh, I think it's from Boom Studios. That's probably why I didn't hear. Probably. Yeah, maybe. Um, anyway, we have some events coming up. Uh, Spider Geddon is coming to the Marvel Universe in late 2018. Wait, what? Spider Geddon, like Armageddon, right? With but with Spider in the. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, Marvel is like just. Take any name they can Yeah, right? They just, yeah, whatever adjective and slap one of their titles in yeah. front of it. I'm pretty sure I think this one's supposed darts. to focus on Miles Morales, so okay. a little bit changing. Because we pace. have Death of the Inhumans, too, right? Yeah. Yes. Again? So. <laughs> no, that was, that was Death of X. Death of, oh, Death of X. Oh, but, sorry. But see, I thought, I was like, wait a minute, we've gone down this road. That, yeah, that's when Cyclops got killed by a cloud. Yeah. So maybe Black Bolt gets it this time. It looks like. One leader to it the It looks other. like the cover is like some yeah. weird. Reaper version of Black Bolt. Oh, that sounds it's dope. Like, yeah. I'll yeah. About it later. All right. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel. Then about we got us. Uh, let's see. We're getting a one shot. We're getting a couple of one shots uh, focusing on the history of Venom. This one is called Web of Venom Colon, colon Van Nam. <laughs> what? What? Colon? Van Nam? Like Van Nam. Venom Van from Nam? From Vietnam. Oh. So. Yeah. I thought it was like basically the, the, No, basically the symbiote in <laughs> that, would be that, bad. that would be so <laughs> great. That's what I, that's a comic like of Jean-Claude Van Damme as, as himself with, with the, the Venom, Venom symbiote. symbiote. Oh my god. Reenacting sure. all of his old movies. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be great. I'd read the heck out of that. Written by Colin. So yeah, Web of oh. Web of Venom, <laughs> Colin Venom. That's a dumb name. Yeah, no. It's that's, a pun, Johnny. Because that's based off of the newest issue, right? Where they're like, this is... Yeah, yeah. So they're doing a couple of one-shots in yeah. August uh, to focus on like the history. And this is uh, the Venom symbiote in the Vietnam War. That sounds pretty dope. <laughs> so, yeah. I would rather still see Bloodsport symbiote. <laughs> yeah. Colon. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Johnny. Typically, you don't have to read the colon. That's silent. Well, I didn't. I wanted to make sure that it's like on a clock. Do you say twelve colon thirty? <laughs> well, I just wanted. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. wanted yeah. to make sure that you guys knew it was a subtitle. Oh my goodness. Are you concerned about the clock's colon? <laughs> <laughs> wow. We started this good. show off on the right foot. Oh my goodness. God. Go, yeah. right, keep just going, needs Johnny. more com- uh, cowboy. We're getting a new. Yeah. Uh, New West Coast Avengers team yeah. from uh, Kelly Thompson uh, that will include both Hawkeyes, uh, Gwen Poole, um, and America Chavez. Oh. Uh, and that's from Kelly Thompson, and West Coast Avengers number one is coming out uh, August 22nd. Uh, that seems rad. Um, and then the last piece of news that we have is New Superman uh, is canceled. Dun, dun, dun. What? Cool. Yeah. Are they... Uh, did they say what issue is going to be the final one? Uh, Justice th- League th- of China 24. 24? Yeah. And we're, what, oh, what, so 21? Two year run, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Was it monthly? Yeah. yeah. The oh, most okay. underrated series in Rebirth, I think. Yeah. Oh, highly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was it's great. So good. So good. Highly recommend that one. Um, yeah. That was a very strong title. Gene Luen Yang. Gene Luen Yang. Excuse me. Um, definitely had his own flavor and tone. It was like he was allowed to carve out his own section of the DC universe. Chubby Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, he made it work too. Yeah, he did. It was, it was uh, the best I could say is it's a very charming, fun book. Yeah. Um, there's a certain charisma that he put in all of the characters in that, that really worked. Right. Um, especially with new Superman. Cause you know, it, he was borderline unlikable in the first issue, and then you know, well, because he was a bully too. Yeah, he was a bully, yeah, he was he? A bully. Yeah. and he he. There's actual character development. Go figure. Um. So yeah, I I'd recommend all the trades for that. To anybody listening, seriously, it's uh, as a Superman fan, I really loved the heck out of that book. So that's a little disappointing. Yeah. So I it's mean, New I, Superman, and then it turned into New Superman in the Justice League of China. Yeah, yeah. it's all heart. Like it I literally so call good. it the Great Lakes Avengers done right. Like, because you know how the Great Lakes are all just goofy characters, and you're like, what? Why, why, why do I care yeah. about these guys? You legitimately care about these heroes. You're just yeah. like, well, the thing is, is he didn't shy away from the whole like their Chinese knockoffs of the Justice yeah. League, and because the first story arc was called Made in China. Yeah. So, which is fantastic because you know, we all thi- know that everything in China is just like, oh, really? yeah. And, well, and the other side of that too is Jean Wen Yang is a Chinese American. But he he loves that culture, that heritage. It's not, so it's not like he's making fun of it. He's he's telling a great story through all of that. Yeah, right, know? right. So um, yeah, for, it is a really great book for those uh, fans of New Superman. I would recommend Gene Lun Yang's uh, American Born Chinese. It's a great comic. Um, but yeah, that's all the pieces of news that I have. All right, do we have any questions? Yes, uh, we have uh, two. One of them is from James Mason, I believe. He's um, from Australia. He says, "How do you feel the increase of store exclusive and convention exclusive comic variants has affected the sales of regular comics in stores? In my circles, everyone seems to scramble for the expensive and rare comics they can later they can later sell for a profit and only talk about the first appearances in regular issues." I'm not sure if it's re- relevant to you guys. Australia doesn't have the cons or the artists about uh, like the states. Uh, for me, uh, okay, I don't really care half the time. But like for Action One Thousand, I bought online the Midtown variant, which was Koipel. I bought the Faybach variant. I can't remember what shop that was from, and I bought the Gleason variant. 
I bought all the variants for Action 1000 because most of them, uh, the Tony Daniel variant, they were all done by artists that I really like. Mm-hmm. If it's an artist I really like and I want to support that and particular artist, and if it's my, tends to be yeah. Superman, or like with metal, I went freaking nuts with metal. I bought like every variant cover I could find online right. and in store um, with that one too. Hmm. So, because yeah. the music's the same. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll wrap it up here. But if it's one that I don't mind supporting and whatnot that I really like, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm buying them for my collection. I'm not buying them in hopes that I can flip them on eBay a week or a month later for a profit. Right. Or right. a first appearance of whatever, just to hope that the value is there. I actually give a crap about the story and the art. Oh, yeah, totally. So that that's how I approach it. If it's an artist I really like and I want that cover to um, – then I don't have a problem with it. But, like, if it's not, then no. I don't. Yeah. No. Like, I don't really take variants into consideration. Only if I see the cover, I'm like, oh, I actually like that cover more than the regular cover. If you can get that, get that. If you can't, I'm not going to spend a dollar more or $10 more to pay for that variant because that's ridiculous, you know, and I'm in it to read comics. And also, like, people that collect, like, I know there's collectors, but, the ones that collect uh like first appearances especially like in these uh you know in this this year or whatever like first appearance of red uh goblin like that's not gonna go up especially if you hold on to it for a long time when was the last comic that really went up walking dead saga went up to like a hundred dollars but that's nothing you know like what was the last big comic that went that broke a grand true Walking Dead. It, yeah. These things, like, that's not going to happen anymore. They're, the first appearances don't really matter because there's first appearances all the time. Look at the first appearance of Alpha in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Alpha? No. Yeah, because it is. doesn't matter. But Yeah, you know, but if he shows up in a movie, that book right. will be over $100. Yeah, but, like, what are the... You know, just know. pick up the stuff that you like. Look, I think... <laughs> James, I really appreciate your question. Uh, it's one that's frustrated me for a long time, and it will continue to frustrate me for probably the rest of my life. I think that collecting is an inseparable part of the industry um, at this point. You know, with our shop, uh, we've always been about the art and the stories. Um, I think it's an important medium. Uh, Freaking A. And... You know, I, for me personally, I, you know, I'm always kind of at odds with, with this other part. You know, we have treasure hunters come into the shop looking for this book or that. And, and I'm like, well, are you going to read it? Or Power Rangers you know, 25. What, are you just going to flip it? You know? Right. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not in favor of comic shops exclusives for the most part because I just see it as, you know, yet another capitalistic endeavor to make a buck. Having said that, I I I'm sympathetic to it because it's yet it's 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 one way that comic shops can stay uh profitable. Yeah. and keep the lights on. So, I don't mind that, but what what I would I would tell everybody is that nine out of 10 of those books that you're paying 20 to $50 for are going to be worth a 10th of that they're gonna, five years from now. They're, they're going to be in uh, the dollar boxes uh, like 10 years from now, you know, for free comic book day. Even uh, yeah. the star Wars number one, probably because they printed so many of them. Yeah. I mean, for me, 
I remember the only time I went variant crazy was, was when I guess all, all different came out and it was yeah. the hip hop variants. I kept yeah. coming in. It's like, Roger, did you get any of the hip hop variants? But I mean, those are you know, like, pretty and, cool. but yeah. it was just because it was favorable for me because one, I love hip hop. Yeah. Two, these covers were amazing and I still have them. They're pretty you cool. Know? Um, other That's than just that, it though. Like, it you struck a chord with you. You liked the art. Yeah. Because it resonated with exactly. you. It wasn't like, oh, I'm hoping to flip these on eBay. Exactly. Yeah, because they, 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 they tried cool. to do classic rock covers after that, and mm. it didn't even work did out. Not nobody, nobody cares. Yeah. Do, yeah. <laughs> but as far <laughs> as when it comes to kidding, exclusive ver- uh, variants, I'm not for it mainly because I like supporting my own comic shop, which is Horizon Comics. I've said it before. If I move, I'll be like, Roger, give me my monthly pull, and I will give you the money. Ship it to me. <laughs> You know, but if Midtown has something that's cool, maybe I'll get it. But if it's exclusive, I'm like, eh, whatever. It can go to whoever yeah. wants to spend yeah. 20, 30, 40 bucks. I'll spend that here. Yeah. But not at yeah, the like shop. Yeah, like next week I'm getting a Black Panther variant because I like the variant. But if Roger wasn't able to get it, then I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I could look at, it on, look, on, look at it online. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Pull up the cover. Screenshot um, it, put it as yeah. your back, background <laughs> you know, cover. <laughs> James, yeah. uh, don't go searching for variants because they're not going to rise in value very often. Yeah. Uh, they're actually going to decrease over time. The Saint Yu Gi Oh, I would never, I would never do it as investment potential. Right. Even though some have pretty high short-term investment potentials, yeah. I wouldn't do it for investment potential. If there's an artist that you really like and there's you know a shop that does a cover by that artist, I've got nothing against you going and doing that. No, because definitely. That's all, that goes into the art appreciation. Um, and, and you will mm-hmm. support a comic shop and you know those creators by doing that. Um, I just think you know the, the, the hard part for me is always that in a, in a pretty small industry already, you're sucking a lot of money out like that $20 that they're spending for one issue, you know, could, could get them a trade or, um, or 10 other comics, you know, and then you're, you know, yeah, well, not 10, (laughs) but (laughs) six, you know, five or six. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Good question, James. Thank you. Thanks, James. Uh, The last question that we have, or at least that I have, is from Nelson Carvalho. I have questions, too. Yeah. That's what I said from Mark. Welcome out. So, uh, hi, guys. Congratulations on episode 100. Thank you. Thank you, Nelson. Thank you. Thank you. I was busy last week and couldn't send in any questions. Sad. It's all good. But, so, if you haven't been asked this before, here's my question. What got you into comics? Big fan of the show, Nelson. Oh, Okay, this is interesting. Let me let me stop before we answer this because uh-huh. uh, Brian Lopez Santos was in the shop this week. He sounds familiar. Yeah, he's the artist that is an artist. You've seen his covers. Oh the right, okay. Cramp. He did that Harley over there. Uh, oh there. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, great guy. Yeah. And he he put forward a suggestion, and Matt, I'm glad this question came up because otherwise I would have forgot about it, and I wouldn't have talked to you about it. Well, thank it. you, Nelson. He he loves the podcast, yeah. uh, loves us, love you back, Brian. Um, thank you, Brian. But he he said, "Have you guys ever thought about doing like one shot episodes that are like origin stories for us?" <laughs> oh, that sounds Ooh. dope. People want to learn about like what panel, got us into us? comics, what you know, what yeah. our, our likes, dislikes. Yeah, but a straight a straight up like interview, like yeah. with a separate. One-on-one. And I was like, dude, that's such a great idea. 
I was going to write a screenplay. So, Matt, I wanted to talk to you about doing because yeah, we've kind of gotten off the specials. Yeah, we're going to do specials. Yeah, because we used to do specials. We could do one a month. What I thought, right, and what I thought would be a good idea, because he said not only for us on the podcast, but people, because there are people like Dave, Dave, like like Kayla, like Larry. Um, Larry Larry is like an immortal now, (laughs) I'm sure. For real. Uh, He's a beyonder, at least in the minds of of our listeners, yeah. and rightly so. But that'll take rightly us even, so. Or if we can get Brian, yeah, Brian or Chris or Ray, you know, in here, yeah, it, you know? same thing. Yeah. Like because you get you get artists, you get writers. There's a lot of people that we can tap, and I think that that would be a great ongoing monthly um, Patreon special that pops over. You know yeah. that we come in, but we would need. Um, what I wanted to talk to you about is, is we need the right person to interview those people. So we're going to have to think about it. We need a good interviewer. Okay. So you anyway, realize, you realize so all when, of this, when Blake listens to this, he's going to be like, Oh, and like, just like raises. Maybe I'm a therapist. Maybe I'm not, I'm not volunteering him. No, I'm just saying that he's going to spaz out. I, know. So I love you, Blake. I, I know his pants are tight. I would like to. <laughs> I, will, I would like to submit my application first. Yeah. Background is therapy. I am here yeah. to listen and I ask questions. See, or, and that's what and yeah, that's what that's I'm looking good. for. And and we can audition. You yeah. know. Um, like, I, I but anyway, I just wanted. I, I appreciate the question. That is dope. Um, I, and and I would say so that, look forward that to that. Something then. look forward yeah. to that because I think that's something that I want. I really do want to do, and I think there's a lot to be gained out of that. And it's really just not a lot of work. It's having right an interviewer, here, yeah. and and having somebody come in once you know, once a month and so sit down. Do we want to answer that question right now? Or do yeah. We well, I would. I would. I would the, say the, yeah. The brief that version, one's yeah. just, yeah. just because yeah, right. this is not going to be an hour long interview. Just yeah. A, yeah. Quick answer um, to the question, right? My my earliest introduction to comics was was stealing them from the sorry little kids don't do this at home, uh, stealing them from the five and dime next to the grocery store where my mom uh, went grocery shopping on Saturday morning, and I got caught. Oh, and yeah. and there, uh, this was on an episode. One yeah, time. you told us. This but, story. Yeah, we all yeah. it we was all had our origin yeah, stories. It was yeah, it wasn't good. But that was yeah. I was probably I was probably eight or so. Yeah, I have no idea what my first comic was though. But you like Miss Marvel. You're a big I Ms. do Marvel. like Miss Marvel. The year is 2012. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not going to start it like this. Um, so yeah, like uh, unlike many people, I actually got into comics after the Avengers movie, and since I have a very obsessive nature, I read everything. I went back to Amazing Spider-Man, you know, number one, and read all the way to like 400 and Secret Wars and Infinity Gauntlet. I obsessed over the thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, that's how I got it. Avengers. Who's your character? Um, my favorite character or yeah, what? Like Rogers, everyone's Superman, you know, like, well, I mean, the character? one that, the one that I absolutely fell in love with, uh, is Miss Marvel. And then later on, you know, uh, Nadia Van Dyne. Camilla Khan, Miss Marvel, right? Yeah. yeah. Miss Marvel. Yeah. Well, mine, uh, I started off back in the nineties with, uh, X-Men, the animated series. Yeah, yeah, man. And that actually got me into my favorite superhero, which was Wolverine. And then flash forward into... Like three years ago, I moved in. I was a roommate with Jonathan Virgin, who had a whole little comic book shelf, and I was like, "Okay, this is interesting. Let me check one out." And then I asked him, "Like, give me a Thor comic that actually has like story." Yeah. And then he throws God Bomb. I, I actually oh. talked about this. Oh, when God Bomb, when we did okay. God Butcher, 
And that's when I was like, oh, man, this is great. So I just came into the shop and I was like, give me everything. <laughs> give me everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and my room just shows it all. I have too many short boxes. and not So fairly new reader, too. Yeah, fairly new. Hmm. And like I said, Wolverine's my, my main character. Yeah. Or anything like Wolverine. Laura Kinney, though. Dude, yeah, X-Men 3 is dope. That scrolling X-Men game. Oh, back again. The, back in oh uh, Wolverine uh, on the, the NES. And, so, um, yeah. The, the beat-em-up. Yeah. Um, would you say that uh, Wolverine is your guy? Oh, yeah. Wolverine, hands down, is my yeah. ultimate favorite. I had that arcade cabinet in Mexico, the X-Men yeah. game. Wow. That's dope. Uh, mine, I was, uh, it was 92, is when Death of Superman was going off. And the whole thing, like, I was already raised on the George Reeves black and white Superman show because my parents watched that. Then around the same time, Lois and Clark started oh, going off as too. well. Um, so I was already like indoctrinated into Superman when I was fairly young, but I remember fairly early, like my first comic books were Superman. Um, but I remember trying to keep up with the behemoth that was the death of Superman story arc because I was like, there's in my little, like I've said several <laughs> times in my little 10 year old, 12, 12 year old, however old I was brain. I was like, you can't do that. Superman's the best. Um, and then being just totally sucked into it and being like, he can't be dead. Like, you know, and this is before like, oh, yeah, they come back to life all the time. Um, so that was where I really got like got bit by following. Because before it was like when you're a kid, you just get the book and you're like, oh, pictures and it's my yep. hero. And and you're not really caring about like necessarily the continuity, just kind of the ride of that single issue. But I remember that was one I was trying to keep up with. Like, Dad, take me to the, the, the Read More store or whatever with the spinner rack. And they always jacked up the bottoms of those comics. I hated it so much. Even as, like, 10 years old, that started my OCD. <laughs> that started the OCD right then and there. I was like, these <laughs> things screw up my comics. I hate it. Um, it's so hilarious. little 10-year-old, like, me being anal back then. This you're is all, an NM. <laughs> yeah. You're all ironing your comic. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Dude, I would, I'd like, sit there and, like, spread it out on the ground, try to fix it and everything. Like, But that's where it started. I can't submit um, this to CGC. But I could never, yeah, I could, <laughs> I could never, I could never get there. You know, I never knew the rotation of when the new ones were in. Mm. You know, and so, um, yeah, I could. I remember going back later and being like, "Man, I missed a lot of this story <laughs> as I actually read through it." But I, you know, when you're ten, however yeah. old, you don't care. You're just having having a good time with it. So. So you know, in that with with you telling that story, I have to picture little Jonathan in a bow tie. <laughs> yeah, I did I have a bow tie as a kid too. My mom, everything. my mom was were like is later hosing, dude. Oh, later hosing, yeah, oh my god, got and, straight German up in my family. And if you couldn't tell, your favorite's probably Superman. Yeah, <laughs> Superman. anyone was unaware of that. Yeah, What's your the, second favorite to the day I die? Uh, second favorite, probably yeah. Batman. Okay. Like, dude, I, I bleed DCU, man. No, I get that. I just wanted to know. You're like, I, like oh, it's obvious Superman's yeah, your boy. Superman, probably Batman. Um, I, I love the characters of the Justice League. Trinity. To me, the, yeah. Trinity is dope. The Trinity, um, the Justice League. I, I love those characters. I My favorite them. DC character was always the Flash because of the Justice League show. Yeah. And that's, dude, that's a freaking great cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, look. Just look, look at the picture. <laughs> yeah. How can she not be your favorite, right? <laughs> I mean, look at look at it. She's up there. This is for, sure. for you guys to visualize. This is um, it's Finch. a reproduction of David Finch's cover to like forty the blood two forty one forty two in the new fifty two era. Yeah, done by Laurie Charbonneau. Uh, Actually, I think it was gorgeous. thirty. 
30. So they went oh, 36. Was it? it was 36 or 37. No, well, the the run with with yeah, that went 36 issues, right? Yeah, 35 or 36. And I think that's the cover to the second or third. Yeah, so it's like 38, 39. Anyway, she's holding the sword with like falling Greek columns. Fine, you can Google it. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, 36. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. she's yeah, she's up. There. Oh my god, I love yeah. that cover. Oh, it was oh, it was the cover to 36. Yeah. Boom. Oh. See, no my stuff. Wow, yeah. nice. <laughs> I just let everybody know how nerdy I really am. Seriously. Okay. Um, but well, thanks, Nelson, for that question. That's it. I got a quick question just yeah. to tie on on this. And because we just mentioned our favorite heroes. Uh, when it comes to comics, I know like you support Superman almost to your death. Mm-hmm. How and everyone else will support their favorite heroes? What do I support? I don't Ms. know. Marl. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, Miss Mark. Kamal Khan. Okay. Cool. So this is the thing. So yes. you're pulling these comics, right? I'm pulling the X23 or Wolverine. When... How far will you go to you realize like this is just not great and you have to be like look take it off we're gonna find out we're gonna find out it's like I've, I, and the reason why it's because you're going with Bendis yeah I like I said I like Wolverine I was reading Old Man Logan but then the new writer wasn't I wasn't digging it I gave him like two volumes and I was like look, two volumes right? but yeah. see that's his character and yeah. that's exactly. just it so like, I, I there's was this like, you got this but there's this like, tension no. of like ah, uh, maybe it'll get good. Yeah, like, you know, and, and it, it just wasn't, so I was yeah. like, you know what? I had to get, let it go. On a normal book, a full story arc. Mm-hmm. If it's something really bad, then a couple of issues. But typically, I'll stick it out for a full story arc. If I'm not feeling it, I'm off. Uh, if it's my favorite character, we're about to find out. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> on so. a, we're for, about to find out. For me, on a normal book, one issue. Um, but for a character like Miss Marvel, I would probably continue it until I couldn't stand it anymore like so kind of like like yeah. what i went through right maybe yeah. like a trade yeah. not as much as two trades that's ridiculous I have, I have hopes. all right i'll do a story arc. uh this comes from tom in canada because he sent me a lot of questions and we were answering a lot of questions oh, last right. week thanks and i want to i want to make sure that you know we give some of these uh some good international love so uh there's there are lots of classic arcs and storylines that get elevated above the regular old comic book stories that come out in any given comics timeline. What elements make an arc stand out above all the regular old stories? Wait, can you? Oh. Long, wait, can you like, so I think he's trying to say there's a, so there's many. A, there's there's a lot always of story all arcs. these like story arcs that come out at any given time. And what any makes given, them fantastic? Yeah. What are the ones what makes the ones that stand out stand out uh, i'm assuming that's what he means yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's lightning in a bottle it's like yeah. this last superman story yeah. you know they did something that that to me really hadn't been done before and you had i mean you had the perfect writer the perfect artist you know coming together um, the to tell yeah. you know i mean good story after good story after good story and there's you know i don't think that there are any real duds in that entire run that they did you know mm-hmm. um i think the i think the entire run was special mm-hmm. um and that's you know whether it's whether it's you know their superman or jason aaron's thor ed brubaker's captain america right um I think Wonder Woman. this is going to sound yeah, like Gene Lin Yang's new Superman. You right. Know? I mean, I think it's 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 look it for me. It, I don't I don't know I don't know the process of making comic sausage very well, <laughs> but I think that it comes down to having a writer that 
is inspired to tell a story. That they love a character. They have this. They're like, oh, man, I've got this great idea. It really is almost divine inspiration. Um, The right time, right place. And it's not just, it's not just, hey, I've, you know, I've been in the industry for 10 or 15 years and you know, DC wants me to write this book or Marvel wants me to write this book and they're going to pay me. I'm just going to cash a check, mm-hmm. you know, because then it's like, oh, okay. Um, hey, IDW wants me to write a Transformers book. I better go back and watch some Transformers movies, you know, and figure out what I want to do with this. No, I would right. rather, if you, you don't know, have a story lightning for strike it, and have a, you know, a creator. You know, I think a lot of this happened in bars all over the country, you know, or at Comic-Con or WonderCon or, yep. you know, writers and artists get together and they start talking about ideas and, you know, then they hook up and, and get together. And yeah. a lot of that ends up on image. That's how image has so much great stuff. I think a lot of it has to do also with the collaborative process as well. You, if you yeah. get two people yeah. that work well together and can just start riffing off each other, right. yeah. Yeah. that really does a lot, too. I mean, you got I mean, that's can you Snyder think of Capullo? That's I was great. just about to say. Yeah. Can you think of the New 52's Batman run without either one of those guys? I mean, None. some people probably, you know, one or the other. You know, like, I know Snyder's not the most popular guy or whatever, but that run is special. That run like, was he, great. He did yeah. a lot of cool the stuff. first 11 issues definitely yeah, was special. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is very much like the team because I mean, like I loaned Johnny the new X Men book, dude. That thing, and oh I will say, like for it's me, a it's, tome. it is great though. But for me, it's more like it's all about keeping you on your toes. Because I always argue, like ES for Extinction is one of the greatest three story, three issue story arcs because it was so fast and so quick with what was going on. Literally, the extinction of Genosha, and you're just like, it ends, and you're like, oh, that was it. Yeah. You just accept it, and it's just a shock to your system. Yeah. So I really think it's all about like the, these like these crazy ideas that people are willing to risk, and maybe these eight companies are like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, like yeah, you'll get it from uh, in indie comics that they're gonna take risk more than the big two. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's always about good stories. It's, Just, it's like obviously like you have to have a love for the character or like an understanding of it. You know, you look at Jeff Johns' Green Lantern run or Darwin Cook's New Frontier. Like, you could tell he loved each mm-hmm. and every one of those And they characters. did something a little different. Yeah. Right, yeah. They, they turned they something it on it. There's time. also, like, you know, passion for the story that you're telling. Like, you have to have that. And I think the last thing that you need to have is, like, trust in your creative team. That includes, you know, your editor and the artist. It's just like, hey, we're doing this together. And obviously, like, the companies have to have trust in you that you're going to bang out this great story. They can't hold you down. Both of them are well going to be in sync. Uh, yeah. Author and uh, artist are in sync. Yeah. Right. Like, especially with Gleason and Tomasi. They oh, were just, like, yeah. talking to each other the whole time. It's like, yeah, make it work, make it work. And I think that's why, so, like what Roger said, so much of Images stuff right now just kills. Um, there's so many great books, and sometimes it's just criminal how underappreciated I feel like a lot of – like, a lot of Jonathan Hickman's work, I feel – is underappreciated, um, dude. I wish uh, I wish people more people knew about Peter Panzerfaust. That's right. such a yeah. fantastic like Peter Pan in World War Two. Like such a great, great idea, yeah. um, with a great artist, you know, the watercolor kind of artist and whatnot. I mean, just stuff like that comes to mind, and I'm just like, that is yeah. awesome. That's partly I think what makes it is the creative team. And also, you have to like know well, not know, but you got to take chances on books because you never know what's really going to stand out unless you read it. I mean, look at, 
Jordi Belair's Redlands. It's nominated for Best New Writer. That's crazy. Did you think that the colorist Jordi Belair? That What's that? I don't even know who that is. Jordi Belair. No, colorist. I don't know she's Redlands. a colorist, colorist for like everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's one of the best uh, colorists. But yeah, in the she's, you know, Best New Writer, I guess. Hmm. I wouldn't go that far. That book was okay. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> I know you. Anyways, did. next question. Yeah. Um, all right. So last one that I have uh, from Aaron Candelaria. On the previous episode, you were all talking about how much you disliked Avengers: Age of Ultron. It's a bad the movie. Bendis story, not yeah. the movie. Well, the movie wasn't. Yeah, the, the movie wasn't <laughs> that great either. Yeah. I mean, if you like seeing okay. the first one again, it was fine. It's no Infinity yeah. War. Yeah. Um, and because <laughs> Marvel doesn't usually sit well with this podcast group. Uh, true. I'm wondering, it's Aaron, he's being sarcastic. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if that's where uh, they really let you down uh, hard for the first time. Is that the story that made you turn away from Marvel or does it precede that? And I think that for me, that was the, the nail in the coffin because yeah. I was kind of getting frustrated with a lot of other stuff. I think Fear Itself, the ending to that kind of let me down because the setup for Fear Itself was really good. Yeah. Too. yeah. 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 Well, it was that was the one with all the hammers, right? Yeah. 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 That started really strong. Yeah. And yeah then like, I liked Fear itself too, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to think back to, because that was I was definitely in my period. Like, man, Marvel doesn't know how to end their events. Yeah. Because they kept know, just. I think that they going they with more the dragon really hard. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, because I think all those. I mean, I've finally got a chance to read all of those except for Age of Ultron. And it's real bad. Don't. they all started off great, and then I was like, okay, like original sin, I thought was a fantastic like, who done it, and then I'm like, the ending was like, really, know. really, yeah. original yeah, the sin f- was horrible. Yeah, it wasn't I thought good. it started off great, but then yeah, it was the like, first, for each like, issue, first issue, was like, yeah. what, 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 and then it, but, it was horrible. Okay, I think even, of that feeling, but go negative. Well, see, for I never Age read of Ultron when I heard you guys talk about it. I was like, man, Age of Ultron was really that it bad. Was really I'm bad like, man. like, thank God I never read that. I think I text you, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah, if like, oh, now I see why I give away comic Ultron. books, like, if they start to get out of, like, hand for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I've said previously, I donate a lot of them to, to kids or people I know with kids that, you know, I know would find them, you know, enjoyment out of them or if they're age-appropriate, all that stuff. Age of Ultron, I literally took all ten issues and threw them in the garbage. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> threw them in the garbage. You just didn't want anyone to share no, that. No, I wouldn't even wipe my butt with them after I went to the bathroom. <laughs> they didn't sell on eBay. I had to throw them away. I should have yeah, I think, well, burned them in effigy is what I should have done. Honestly, I think the best event series from Marvel in the last 20 years is Annihilation by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. I need to read It's that. a good one. Dan Abnett knows how to craft a tale. I think it's better than Civil War. It's better than... House of M? House yeah, of better M. than House of M. Really? House, House of, of M's, M's good. good. House of M's yeah. really good. Um, Secret Wars? The, the thing with Annihilation, it, I think better than Secret Wars. Okay. I really, and I, look, I love Secret Wars, too. There's there's a lot of these books that I really do love. Um, but as as a, as an event, as not, a cohesive event. Not better than Avengers vs. X-Men. <laughs> that wasn't that good. It was okay. <laughs> no, that was bad, Matt. It wasn't bad. Um, good. Yeah, so if you need copies of those, I've got uh, more Volume 1s coming in next week. I've got Volume 2s right now. Yeah. So. So for me, I think that was really where I just started losing faith. I mean, them. yeah, kind of. Like, I didn't really pick up many Marvel, but I didn't pick up events after that because I'm just like, okay, Avengers vs. X-Men wasn't good. Age of Ultron wasn't good. What am I doing with these events? And, you Infinity know. Infinity was good. Eh. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't pick up events after that. But right lately, uh, let's say in the past year or so, I've been picking up 
twice as much Marvel books than I did after Age of Ultron. They're on the upswing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was happening with me. Like I would I started losing more and adding when Rebirth came, I was like, and we got more DC. Now it's kinda going back down and switching over. It's a pendulum swing. Secret Wars made me stop pulling single issues. Like after the relaunch. That's why I went to trades. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. (laughs) I understand. So slowly going your route right now. Connect the dots with that one. Yeah, that's it for questions yeah. for me. Thanks uh, for the question. There's there. a comment on Podbean. That what? That's weird. Okay, yeah. cool. It was, I don't know how to say their name. It's J I N I A N eight D I O. J Nato. J Nato. Okay. Anyways, so c- congratulations, you guys, on the hundredth episode. Wow! Please keep doing what you're doing, bringing the true purpose of comic books, and that is enjoying awesome art and stories. Preach. There you go. And then I found the two reviews. On <gasps> what? You really? I was, when we were starting, trying to start the show, I was like sitting there trying to figure out why we couldn't read them. I got it. Because you have to go to the Canada it's, site. It's on uh, what? The, okay. Yeah, we mentioned I was going to say, where are you, are you on, on uh, uh, iTunes? Uh, uh, that Nelson Carvalho. It's a, just one of the best comic podcasts. That's it. Thanks, okay. Nelson. Thanks, Nelson. And then Sean Levesque. Uh, this is the best comic book comic book podcast i look forward to this podcast every week the reviews are great and entertaining an excellent balance of books every comic book fan should try this podcast thank, thank you, you Sean. Thanks, Sean. you should try australia yeah, and a lot we of also Canadians got James. like there's nothing in australia oh okay I you tried, tried. and okay. i tried uh United you, Kingdom. There's nothing you, just check the whole world no, there's I, too many i checked <laughs> the Brazil. whole world <laughs> <laughs> so if you leave us a review from another country please let us know to check that. yeah and then we'll give you your yeah. shout out and then we'll give you the shout out because you wow. know, you guys probably have like thousands of reviews and you're just like, oh, we don't, we don't I, have- I have to go to that country's page. Yeah. To those <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Did you catch the dates on those at all? It says April 2nd and April Oh, 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 oh wow. sorry, guys. Like a month and a half. We ago. dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> um, but thank you. But, but yeah, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate Nelson and uh, Sean. Sean. Yep. All right. I have a lot of family up in Canada. Yeah. Check and see if they're around the same area. Tom's up in Canada, too. All right. Uh, Roger. Unfortunately, your it's job Marvel is time. to tell us about this Marvel book. Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where all right. So um, this week uh, we read Captain America number seven hundred two by Mark Wade, um, with art by Leonardo Romero and Howard Chaikin. Um, how do I pitch this book? It's two thousand years in the future, and Jack Jack Rogers, mm-hmm. right? I don't know who he is. He's like yeah. the he's, great, great, great. He's great, a descendant. Great. Yeah, yeah. Is he is he a descendant of Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He uh, times finds removed. his way into the historical society of the future. To I don't know. He and, and then he ends up meeting a psycho old guy who actually gives him the key to find Captain America find uh, well old DC because old DC apparently was nuked oh. and new DC was built on top of old DC yeah it was a weird start right? I we're about to start <laughs> this is yeah and that's it's basically what I wanted to say about this book was for God's sake do not start this story in this book don't 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 jump onto this series in this issue um yeah because there was 701 before this 
Yeah, this may, this may, I mean, look, I mean, you can figure kind of mm-hmm. what's going on, but um, I was, I was kind of lost. I didn't know. I mean, I assumed that Jack Rogers was either a descendant or did it say he was? In the, uh, in the, uh, first summary. In the summary. Or in the summary. Oh, in yeah. the summary. Okay. But even the summary wasn't even, like, after I read this, right. I went back to the summary to see what it would tell me. It wasn't enough because it was, it's an interesting read. But it's just, it was, how do I explain it? It's just hard. It's a hard pill to swallow because you don't know what's going on if, unless you read the first issue. Yeah. And that's what makes it tough. Because I actually like the earlier stuff that Wade was doing with this book, like at 695 or something like that, where it's like little one shots that kind of carried over, but you could still, there were isolated incidents and they were still good. But this one was just <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. This um, is the last arc before rebooting the series. Yeah. And I think that this is, I think this is maybe a throwaway idea that. Yeah, made. this this is, these, this <clears throat> seems like a transitional arc. Right. Because um, it seemed like it was going to be something else. Right, because I, I feel like they, because the last arc, the, the good one, 695 to 700, um, was awesome. That's how Captain America should be written, especially with Chris Samney art. Um, but with this one, it kind of feels very similar to the last few issues of that arc. Uh, where Captain America gets thrust into the future, you know, we have to do that. Where they're like, hey, no one has dibs on Captain America yet. Hey, Mark Wade, you want to fill it in? Well, yeah. I, I, I think, think that's what it was. I think before it's like, coach, you want to do yeah. something? It's like, yeah, yeah, but I got to write a story. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, my it, guess is that there was like a three-month gap, four-month gap between when coach was going to be ready yeah. and and because I think Wade may have intended to end at 700 and they go, hey, man, can you give us five more issues? And he was like, when you want He's more like, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, yeah, I it, it to does. The bathroom. Hold on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it does seem like it's put together very quickly because obviously they have three artists. Which, God, I hate that. Um, Howard Chaykin doing the flash. I understand. Howard Chaykin doing the flashbacks because he's got kind of a retro style. Yeah, but it, I, I, I I'm not a fan. Right, like, okay, I don't. See, I didn't love this. I didn't like this, really. Um, I get what it's going for, but I don't... It, this is not necessary. I would have rather... But, you know, I think they can't have a Captain America gap, you know, three-month gap between uh, runs, which I that's understandable. Well, no, I'm saying, like, they believe they can't. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love... Chris Samney and Mark Wade's run, you know, the, the very short-lived run. I think, I think the you're right. The plan was to end at 700, but they said, "Hey, we have like four months until the new arc comes out." Yeah. Um, and did you guys ever watch the Amazing Spider-Man TV series, the 90s one? Yeah, Spider-Man. I'm, I'm, spe- I'm speaking mostly to Roger. Spider-Man. <laughs> no. Radio did this not remind you of the? The Red Skull Captain America appearance in that Amazing Spider-Man where they make Electro. I don't remember it. Oh, dude. Well, the Sinister Six thing going on? No, yeah, no, no. So, so like Captain fighting. America and Red Skull are in like this dimension where yeah. they're, they're always fighting. Yeah. And then they get yeah. brought back, but obviously yeah. the Red Skull gets brought back. Was that not Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah. That was Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is literally what this was. This is, this is literally what this book is. Um, Two stars. Hmm. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. I was no, largely I mean, uninspired. I honestly agree. I feel like we gave this more time than it needed, but it is for me like a two and a half just because I bad book to start on, bad numbered issue to start on, to be honest. 
but it was good. It was all right. Who's the art um, after Shaken? This dude. Romero? Who knows? Anyway, I, um, I like that art. Uh, this was okay. It's kind of like a throwaway arc, like we've already mentioned like six billion times. Yeah. Uh, it's two and a half. Two and a half for me, too. Next up. Great. Johnny. Gideon Falls, number three, by Jeff yeah. Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino, uh, Dave Stewart, colors, inks? Colors. Um, this is the story of... I'm not going to say that joke again. Uh, the story of a priest uh, who goes to a remote town uh, in Gideon Falls and strange stuff happens there. Demonic stuff? Maybe. Who knows? You be the judge. All right. I will. <laughs> Jonathan, well, did you get, have you read issue two? Yes. Okay. Same here. Have you, I'm you, pulling this. Johnny, have you read issue two? No, I, I do not care for this series. Oh. Wow. 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 Huh. Well, I'm I'll thoroughly cover. disappointed. I, well, because I was going to say, I mean, because I, I read issue two and I read issue three, but I, I I went back and I read issue two today before reading issue As three. As did I. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, because reading them back to back, because I was focused on issue three, mm-hmm. like, and, and, you know, for reviewing that for the podcast. And when I was reading issue three, I was like, you know what? The, you, you basically were given everything by the writer in issue three that had I not read issue two, I would have known basically what went on. Yep. You know, but without, without, you know, retelling the entire story. He yeah. Did it like, with um, subtle notes you know, what, what, cause she, she shows back up at, um, what's the guy's name? No. Fred. Oh, is it Fred? No, well, Wilfred is the oh, father Norton? Wilfred, but Norton. Norton. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, what I got from this, like, it, it was easy to follow. Like, oh, she must have seen the barn in issue yes. two. Is that all that yeah. happened? Um, that well, was a big thing that okay. happened, but. The issue two, there was an investigation for the murder of the woman. Right, right, right. right, right. One. And his, his, his apartment got broken into. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, and somebody sold some stuff. Which yeah, they, really, and he did you, a good job. You of go through the paces of that in issue two. It's like you know you, you know, it's like it's kind of a classic trope where you know he's going back to his apartment and he sees a guy coming out of the elevator putting on a baseball cap, and yeah. is like you know he's like how you doing and yeah fun. He, he kind of looks at him as they pass, goes up to his apartment. And it's like oh. No, you know, and somebody had broken in, uh, but you don't, you know, so you don't really need to to know exactly how it all went down. Reading it is actually great, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, what Lemire did in issue three is he is he takes the major elements that from from the previous issue and mentions them. I know, yeah. isn't that creepy? Yeah, like. And the last issue, uh, the psychi- the therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember her title uh, because she prescri- she she prescribes medicine too, so she's a psychiatrist. Uh, she sees the barn, and she actually sees the character in the barn, and they show the person's face, which is creepy. The dark figure. Yeah. The dark figure, and, and it's I like so how creepy. she described it too. She's yeah. like, it's not so much dark as it's the absence of light. light. <laughs> yeah, man. And this book is just fantastic. I love the pacing of it where it's kind of uh very slow burn very it's a slow burn but it's interesting because it is kind of a uh horror mystery 
And I'm still interested in what is the purpose and of you the have father. Two fronts. Yeah, yeah, two different perspectives. There's, and we're not sure at what father. timelines these are happening either, because there's mm-hmm. there's things that lead me to believe that this is something is happening in the past, something is happening in the future. And yeah, it makes me feel like the the father, the priest section is in the past, while Norton's in the future. But then there's an event that I'm like, oh wait. Yeah, and then it screws with it, the whole perception of that timeline. Yeah, I love this. Uh, there's a little two-pager right here where uh, the, the father, Fred, is that his name? Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he's talking to his chapel. Giving his, his first people, sermon. And he has nothing to write. He, had, he wrote nothing down. He's just like, all right, let's just go, go wing it. Flow. Yeah. yeah, but it's so good because it's, it's an interesting read. Dude, really how, about, how about this creepy couple? Right. That cre- when church is over. And they're going out, and they're like, you should come out to the farm. I'm like, no, don't go yeah, to the dude. farm. Jeez, those guys are creepy. Right? Yeah. It's it's so good. Well, it the, is such the, an interesting what story. Was it Jane, his wife, yeah. yeah, never looks at him. You notice that? No. She's looking away from him at all times. Yep. Never actually looks at the preacher. Uh, I, I probably picked up on that subconsciously, but. She's probably a demon. I was. Because, like, in yeah. this frame, she's looking this way over her husband's shoulder. Yeah, he turns and has the conversation, and and he's just all being creepy. But if you look here, she's looking the other way. Yeah, and they're walking away, and she doesn't look back when her husband's looking back. She never looks at the preacher. Right. Huh. And there's why is there red like boxes? I was about to comment about that. It's like in some of the panels, there's Perception. red boxes, and I'm curious about what it is, though. I think, I think honestly, I think it slows you down, and it causes you to look at that panel. A little longer. It's all. I mean, it's all throughout there. I mean, there's some very yeah. artistic. Uh, Think of it like art. a camera angle, like a zoom almost. That's the way I'm kind of taking yeah. it. I mean, you, normally that kind of stuff will just highlight, you know, um, something in the frame. Mm. Um, like they did it with uh, in this one where the locks were broken, or no, that was the last issue. Yeah. Where the locks were broken, yeah, I mean, because that those circles, even when uh, it's basically just showing you what's on the floor. Like Norton setting up his traps, and he's showing like mm-hmm. Andre Sorrentino yeah. the way he drew it and highlights everything that he's done. Right, and it's very much conspiracy theory. Like Norton seems to have like a special power that he's hearing things and he's collecting garbage to to identify what it is. He thinks he's getting pieces of the black barn. Yeah, yeah, that's what he thinks he's getting. But it's just so good. Um. I like it, but I don't think it's for me. Uh, most of my complaints are um, like the craft of the comic. Uh, it reminds me oh. of, of witches, like where they use like the bubbling and splash effect way too much. Okay. Th- yeah. They're using the grain a little way too much. Um, That's Sorrentino in everything yeah. he does, though. I he does it in uh, Old Man. Okay. I I I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the completely opposite effect. I find myself really drawn into this book, and a big part of that is the panelization and just the the creativity used to tell the story through the art. You know, I do like that. It, it's only on beyond the beyond the word bubbles. There is a lot going on with with the panels and with like you said yeah. the, these little red boxes mm-hmm. that just kind of highlight something and and I find I find myself really taking my time with this story. I do like that this is more deliberate than witches because uh, only the foreground has the um, 
the little grain uh, for the most part, uh, things that are supposed to be closer to, you know, the quote unquote camera. Um, and my other gripe is, um, well, it's, it's the lettering, <laughs> you know, I just don't, don't like it. I can't re- <laughs> read it really quickly I, because when I notice the lettering, I don't think you're supposed to read this quickly. No, you? no, no. I know. But when I notice, when I notice the lettering, when it like makes me stop, then that's immediately a bad thing. I understand. I, I actually agree with you on that point. Yeah. And you know, that's it. That's it. Um, this is also just a little I too. I really s- feel like the lettering is appropriate though for right. the story. I, right. But there's some stuff that's happening. That's I, not scary. I, I agree, but I think it's hard to read. I think yeah. it's harder to read, but I, but again, I'm, I mean, I think it's just a, for me it it gets chalked up to just another thing that makes me slow down in reading it. But the yeah. lettering is really small, and my eyes are the oldest of it, it's anyone small, at the table. It's slightly <laughs> so. italicized and scratchy, um, but you know that's it looks like it's handwritten, right? Like a handwritten. Um, um, you know that's that's fine and all. Um, but it's also a very slow burn, which I like slow burns, but it reminded reminded me of Black Monday Murders, and I kind of didn't like the first and the second issue. But when I read the trade, when that thing happened in, like, the uh, interrogation room, conference room, I forget, like, issue four. With Victor. Right. That was wild, and I love that. <laughs> when he possesses the attorney. Yeah. I think this is just... <laughs> this, <laughs> this, Maybe you got to read this, like, wanted to in look the first the volume. I think for me, I, I, I whispered the truth. I'm gonna have to pick this up, uh, like volume-wise, to see if anything happens because uh, I know things are happening, and I think I know these things are important. But to me, it's just like nothing happened. But that's not my, true. My big question is, how long is it going to take to get inside right. this black I, barn? Because I don't think it's going to take long. That'll be the end of the first arc. Either that, or I think everyone. If this is all happening at the same time, I think everyone's going to meet up. And just realize like we're all connected and why. And then we're and gonna go in the black barn. Yeah, because the thing that I uh I just love the way this this pace. And one thing I've noticed as I'm looking at the at the art is the way like the way things the way you read this you can kind of read their emotions of each character and how stressed out they are or how surprised they are. And I think that's a combination of well of the mirror's writing on top of Sorrentino's art. Which is fantastic, and I also noticed this with uh, Royal City. Like, I don't know if Lemire just knows how to kind of express the mm-hmm. type of emotion that he wants the character to give you, so that way when you look at the character, you read what he says with that kind of tension or that tone, which is fantastic. That's I love this book. It's so great. Double would you rate it? Five. It's I mean, five for me too. I'm John? pretty sure I wrote rated the last one a five. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I think a- I was at like a four, but. Yeah, I'm after reading issues two and three. I'm hooked. Go ahead. Uh, three and a half. I want to read the trade. Yeah. Uh, this is a sick ass variant cover though. Yeah. Look at that. That looks dope. It's a five. Yeah. It's Jeff Lemire. I, I want Jeff this to be a movie or not a movie. Uh, series. A series. Yeah, like a like, Netflix series. Oh man. Oh no, I feel like maybe like HBO would kill it. Oh yeah, like, you want to go really dark. Yeah, I, I want this to be like Game creepy. Yeah, like that kind of level, or like a Oz ish, you know. I think it'll be a great dark, gritty story. All right, it will be picked up. It has yeah. to be picked up. It's too good. Um, all right, from DC this week we have the new Challengers uh, from the New Age of Heroes, uh, number one by Andy Kubert on art and Scott Snyder on the writing duties and this is kind of a resurrection um if you will an old 
like we have to ask Larry again because I remember having the conversation with him. But I have pushed that information out of my brain to make room for new information. So Larry, um, let me know when the original. I think the original hmm. Challengers was old enough. It predates Fantastic Four, and it's kind of where right. Fantastic Four was inspired by and all that. So the gist of it is you have a group of adventurers, but the twist with DC, uh, the way they did is they have tattoos on their arms of hourglasses and it gets reset once they go to Challenger's Mountain and they're sent out to do these adventures, but they always have to go back to Challenger's Mountain before that hourglass on their arm drains, otherwise they die. And then a new Challenger is selected because the catch is, is these are all people that have died and they're caught between the living and the dead. Limbo. To to be yeah essentially yeah. to be used as these great explorers and adventurers to really save the world, so um, and yeah who knew Purgatory was you know headquarters for Mission Impossible yeah right you know so which there's a new movie coming out for that yeah too, with Superman one. is in it oh right oh, Henry Cavill so that's why they didn't the that's why they didn't let him shave his mustache See, yeah I am there's a fight scene in that trailer and I'm like oh my god yes. I am Cavill. convinced that Mission Impossible is just the American version of 007 yeah he's the American James Kinda, Bond right yeah. Yeah. it's from the 60s also bro yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. oh no I know I know that but I'm saying like I remember the show but I'm just saying like the way they were doing it is like uh, what's his name Tom Cruise Tom Ethan. Cruise is yeah. James Bond Ethan yeah. is Bond yeah, yeah. It used to be. Part. It used to be a different character way back in the day. I've never yeah. seen any Mission Impossible movies or oh 007. I watched number two. <laughs> two Shut up. Right. Two was great. John I, Woo, bro. That was the worst one. Man, do that motorcycle down. fight. Yeah. I like yeah. them all. Yeah, I must. I know exactly what I'm getting every time I go into one of those. Yeah. Anywhere, look anywhere. Number two is the worst. Uh, no, I, yeah. I will say number two is the worst out of all of them, yeah. but it's still I will watch it. If it's on TV, I'm gonna watch it. Nah, I mean, dude, the devs. Which was the worst then? The yeah, That's John Woo. That's his <laughs> yeah. signature. Anyway, but going going so, back. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, this is all good. Uh, so yeah, so this is kind of like the uh, like the new version of the new challengers, and we get some characters that you know have been selected to be the new group of you know challengers of the unknown, and. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, it's this is predominantly set up. Uh, this this spawns out of or spins out of Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, this starts, I guess you would say, like with a prelude, if you will, of this mysterious bandaged character that's yeah. flying uh, or getting flown to some place. Is in that a question or two storm? Face. Who knows, dude? Mm. Or could I be somebody it was, completely no, new? No, I think it's somebody completely new. Well, I thought it was Hush when I saw the uh, the hand. I was like, "Oh, this must be Hush." Then I saw the face, and I was like, "This looks like Two Face and the bandages." So I I don't know who it is, but it was it was an interesting story. I think my beef is just the fact that I had zero understanding what was going on, who these guys were. So I was just like, "Who are these guys?" And there was no one in the group that was like, that for me. I was like, "Oh, I resonate well with this character. It's interesting." Yeah. Well, the, the, largely set up still. Yeah. The, and, the and, thing that it suffers from the most is that it I think they literally teleport these characters together yeah so there's no room for at least in the first issue like you know you introduce one character well, by one they, well, they the spend, Chinese woman you have a lot of setup with yeah right yeah they spend a lot of time with her which I guess that was supposed to be your character kind of thing like welcome to the group you're with her kind of thing yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just it kind of made it hard to 
care about these characters not that i i won't care um after a whole arc but like after the first issue it's just like okay they're doing something yeah but one of the things they do is they give you what you perceive to be a main character and then they will kill him right off oh, the bat yeah i okay. love that yeah that was, that was dope <laughs> that was one of my issues i i'll say this about this book i love the premise and it made me really want to go back and read the older stories mm-hmm. okay I'm actually more interested um, in the older stuff it, than this. It didn't necessarily make me want to finish this story, but I love I love the premise enough that I want to go back and read some of the some of the older stuff. The the Kirby stuff that Jeff Loeb had a run on on New Challengers. Um and I when when we got to that that end, when one of these characters who is also on the cover mm-hmm. as oh, one yeah. of the Was new he? challengers, oh, yeah. he is. He gets melted. Right, he's like, and they're like, no. If, if the guy was like, if you leave, you're going to die. Because you guys are dead. And he's like, he's like, I don't believe any of this nonsense. I'm out of here. He leaves Challengers Mountain, and he he gets melted. And I'm like, wait, okay, this guy was uh, through most of the comic book. He's on the cover, all this stuff, and now he's toast. Okay, well. All right. I'm glad I wasn't attached to him. Right. <laughs> and the other ones, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you guys on that, too. I'm, I'm like, I want to care, but I don't. And we'll see, you know, we'll see where it goes. It's, it is a miniseries. Mm-hmm. So there is a possibility that I will, I, I, you know, read number two and and see. Um, that guy at the beginning uh, is also like this giant at the end, right? Yeah, a dead celestial. <laughs> in in comics, is anyone actually dead? Oh well, these guys seem to be because <laughs> like they're literally they have holograms of who all the other people that died. Comics, bro. Yeah, Welcome it back. also ends yeah. on the weirdest cliffhanger. Like, I get there's this big giant dude, but but I'm pretty sure that's the guy in the biplane at the beginning. And yeah. and why is he so big? Is he? Oh, that he. Fl- you mean the guy that flew into the mountain? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's something else. Yeah, that's something is else. Is it? I think yeah. that's something. Maybe else. that's what he flew into. I think he's right. going after that. It's kind of unclear, but like it also ends in a weird cliffhanger where they're you know he's looking at this bone fragment. You're a weird cliffhanger, John. But we with don't the we, high, with, the, yeah. with the glyphs on it. Yeah. We don't really know what that is. That goes warm. So so that means wom, wom, we don't wom. know if this is this should be scary or anything. Really, I think it's supposed to be an adventure. Yeah, yeah. and there is a little bit of mystery in a good adventure. Yeah, this is a two for me. Yeah. I give it a three. Three and a half. Yeah, three. It was cool. It just for me. I just I'm, I was really lost. I'm like I'll wait for the trade. I enjoy uh, Andy Kubert. I'll enjoy seeing him on this. Yeah, it's pretty. So, yeah, it's really good artwork. So, um, yeah, I may stick with it being a miniseries. We'll yeah. see. I probably will all the way through. I don't have a reason not to. So, anyway, what would you guys rather have reviewed? And in place of what? The only thing that I think I got to read so far was Wildstorm. How was Ooh. that? Freaking awesome! <laughs> uh, yes, it is next I need month. To get those volumes too. This month or next month, Matt. But yeah, like I say every time, Wildstorm is worth every dollar you pay for it. You won me over with uh, um, 
Hunter. Uh, oh, the Michael Hunter. Cray spinoff. Yeah. Oh, is that is that what that was? I thought that was in Wildstorm. The Hunter uh, Oliver Queen being. Uh, yeah, being, that's that's uh, well, yeah, the the one of the Cray. yeah Michael oh, Cray. But see okay. that character, Michael Cray, come he's in the first story arc of Wildstorm. Okay. And then he has his own miniseries. It's going to be like a or maxi series. It's twelve issues. Both of them you need to you need to read both of them. Yeah. No, I'm going to read them. Is I'm just waiting for all these issues to come out. I don't oh, yeah. know if there's going to be a giant Wildstorm like. There's the first trade is out from the main series. Second trade's coming out, so I would definitely read okay. both of those. And then the first Michael Cray trade should be out soon. Okay. Oh yeah, man, I can't soon. wait. So you just won me over with that. I was like, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, that's the only thing I reviewed that I would recommend, like, cause just because that book is consistently awesome, but not a great place to come in the middle of. Right. Uh, you definitely want to start Wildstorm right at the beginning. You read Superman special? I I didn't. I forgot to pull it. So I, I set it aside right here. I'm buying it tonight. Hmm. Same here. I, Shattered Grid 26 is yeah, out. Yeah, I want to read that. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to pull a Johnny and just pick two because I didn't like New Challenge. I mean, New Challenge was good, but I would definitely read Green Lanterns 40, whatever that was out this week. Yeah. That one was a fantastic. I always pick one book. What are you talking about? <laughs> it might be a trade, but uh-huh. I pick one book. Uh-huh. No. That one was a fantastic read. It brought out more character out of Jessica Cruz, and I love that. It was oh, and Simon Baz, like they were. It's just a fantastic like. We should read that again. Like dynamic duo. That. It's like lethal weapon in my opinion. Because yeah, got, well, that's like, what they're shooting for. So it's fantastic. That's what they're shooting for it. lethal weapon in space. It's Tim Seeley too. Yeah, which is surprising. Huh. It was like it's good. He yeah. had a start rough start, but this ended really well. He just took over not too long ago. Yeah, over Sam Humphreys, man. Like R.I.P. That was such a good series with him on it. Um, for the Marvel, it would be the last issue for. Uh, Wolverine, all new Wolverine all with Laura Kinney, X23, because that was the old lady Laura arc, and it was great. It was a nice little twist to the Old Man Logan series. Literally, that whole series was I'm going to make 2.0 versions of all these classic Wolverine stories, and they were better, in my opinion. Tom Taylor, right? Yeah, Tom yeah. Taylor. I don't know if I could tolerate that. <laughs> well, it's it's just the fact that he just took the title, so it's like, I'm like I'll, it, make, I'll make them sell, but they were great stories. All of them were fantastic. And even that one was a great end. So. All right, Johnny, make it quick. Um, <laughs> in the vein of I Kill Giants, uh, I read this uh, trade called Joe the Barbarian. Did that from, come out this week? Uh-huh. Um, I think he's lying <laughs> half the time. He's like, uh-huh. When did it actually come out, Johnny? <laughs> 2013. Yeah, see, uh, follow the rules. <laughs> this is my segment now. Anyway, uh, it's by <laughs> Grant Morrison, Sean Murphy. <laughs> oh, no, he's pulling a knife. <laughs> um, it's about this young kid who's 11 who typed who suffers from type 1 diabetes. Uh, so without un- insulin, he kind of goes into these um, delirious states where he imagines stuff. And this book is just heartbreaking, heartwarming, and just amazing, and something that I didn't really expect from Grant Morrison. Um, and because we're reading I Kill Giants, I remember that this book was in the same vein, and I wanted to recommend that one for you. If you feel like crying. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> All right, highlights for next week. The big titles that we are looking to review that are tentative to change, as always. Uh, Black Panther number one by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, Skyward number two. I don't have a clue what that's about, but whatever. Gravity's turned off. It's in the sky. In space. Um, And then Terrifics number four. Yes. Another Lemire book, man. Lemire is on this uh, podcast. Lemire is a prolific. prolific. Yeah. He's writing like seven books or something. Like that. And, a lot, all and of he draws really one of them. Yeah. yeah, all of them are pretty good too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that should be a fun <laughs> week next week. 
so that's going to bring us to the graphic novel. Dave. All right. Well, the graphic novel this week was uh, – Johnny, can you pass it to me? Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, I Kill Giants by Joe Kelly, and I guess it's written – or uh, drawn by Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy Kim? I think it's J.M. Okay. I'm just making sure. I'm like, bro, it hasn't <laughs> has no vowels. I J. thought M. it was Ken, Jim too until I yeah. realized it was just two letters. So okay, J. so J.M. Ken Nimura, and this is a story about Barbara, the giant killer, who slays giants, hunts them down, tracks them, slays them, and is fearless until she finds her ultimate giant that she cannot take down, and it is one of the craziest uh, roller coaster rides that I've ever gone through. And this book legitimately made me cry. I have not been impacted by a book like this before. And it's good. Yeah. Oh. I actually, I actually, I, I cried at the end too. And I think I was talking to Johnny about this a little bit. And it, I'd say cry. I mean, I, you know, I started watering up, you know. Yeah. But I think it was, um, it was interesting because, you know, even at the end of the book, I mean, I was, I was reading it. Um, and it, you know, it was just the act of reading it, but I think that, I think that I was comprehending it on a deeper level. It wasn't like I was trying to think about it. I mean, I was just going through the paces of reading it, trying to get it finished. And subconsciously, I think it impacted me, you know, because I, and, and I would, I mean, I'd have to give that some more thought. Um, because when when you get to the end and you find out, you know, how much of this do we want to spoil? Not much. I, I feel like you can only go up to like halfway, right? Because yeah, I I yeah, this, that's a big twist. Yeah. I would rather yeah. I would rather people find that out. On yeah, their own. Right. So um, let's avoid um, that. Yeah, when we, you when you get to that giant and it's like you know, I, the last the last chapter, last chapter and a half. Um, it's it, that that's when it hits. Yeah, it really draws the um, the emotion out of you. I was I was thinking because about that. Cuz I don't that. think you see it coming really. Yeah. Right, but I I was thinking about that because um I obviously read this before um you know, I recommended it on the podcast, but I knew what was coming and yet like you said subconsciously, I don't know why I was crying, but I was getting emotional. And I think it's just like this subconscious thing where you either know exactly what um, the characters are feeling or what they're going through or are familiar with these type of feelings. Yeah, I think it's an empathetic re- reaction yeah. that you you develop a bond with um, with this girl. Um, She's <laughs> talk about fearless. Barb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's. A I mean, she man. beats up the like um, a girl like twice as she, twice she's her size. She's facing her demons. Like, yeah, and it's not easy for. That's her. what this so, book is about. Is is about facing. Well, and at the your, same time, she's a punk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I I struggled with this book in the first couple chapters uh, because I didn't like Barb. Barb irritated me. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I was just. Oh, like, she was. Yeah. She's tough. Well, she to slaps a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no, she slaps the. Oh, what yeah. she said Sorry. to the coach yeah was oh, hilarious yeah. but like also really messed up yeah she's like one of the kids that i work with all the like a lot of my kids and yeah. i'm just like i think that's one reason why this one just yeah, yeah. hit me so careful hard if, if if you uh, intend to put this into a kid's hands no, to not. read because yeah. it's not 
young adults it would be up. fine. Yeah, but you need to read it first because there there's probably four instances in this book where it where it's like, whoa, did you just say that? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is crazy because the language itself isn't. There's no f bombs or anything like that. No. It's just nope. the context of what's happening and then when yeah. you get to the end you realize it's all the lashing out it's all the mm-hmm. the stuff and yeah whatnot. but um i thought this was going to be like a fantasy type thing because of the name i kill giants um i didn't realize that giants was going to be more symbolic of things that someone goes through and um yeah it was it, the first couple chapters i was just really like having a hard time with that character and then, yeah, same thing happened to me. I kind of just, like, teared up a little bit as you get to that ending part, and you're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I did not expect this ending to come out of where it did. Um, and it's it's really, really, really well done, well expertly paced because yeah. the way it, it does hit you, you're just like, holy crap. It's a heavy read. Yeah. What yeah. I love um, throughout the book – uh, they mention like the unmentionable to Barbara, but she is such because I think this is kind of like through her perspective, through what she's seeing, obviously with the giants and all. But when they mention the thing that she doesn't want to hear, it's like scratched out for us in the uh, in the word balloons, uh, which is and, a way of keeping you on the hook. Right. It's just like while what is going on. Um, One of the parts that really hit me was when she's fighting the Titan. Yeah. Yeah. In the, oh, in my the, goodness. In the yeah. water. And it was the line that the Titan said, um, I'm not here for you, little warrior. And then, like, you put everything together, you're like, oh, yeah. God, like, this is heavy. That's yeah. when I realized what kind of ride I was in. And, yeah. I, um, yeah. My, my, yeah, at the same time in that scene, you get this tremendous battle, and she's yeah. got Kovaleski, oh, you know, God, yeah. and she's just, like, she's going toe-to-toe with this Titan. And yeah. And and I think that that's just you know, I think all of that comes into really just wrenching at your heart, you know. I think like obviously this uh, the title the whole premise is a symbolic thing, um, but it's it's like Barbara's way of like always saying I need to be stronger to beat this. I need to be stronger. That's I, to beat these things that are probably physically impossible to be giants giants in her life you know can reflect many things um we all have giants in our lives and mm-hmm. and you know it's well, i think hard another to look- big part of it too isn't necessarily being strong because the whole thing is you're stronger than you think you are yeah you don't My realize favorite line. it but the other half of it is accepting yeah the stuff that you can't really control do anything about yeah without giving away like the plot because that's a major part of her character development um, and then making the best of what is there. Yeah. Just I, pick it up. Whoever's I, listening to this I, right I, now, I just order this book. it and pick it up because it's I, so good. What were you going to say, Roger? You look like you were processing. Well, it goes back, you know, like when you said in the first couple of chapters in this book, this, you know, this is an incorrigible little girl that really needs a spanking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you know, that's when how you I start felt. off. This is, yeah. you know, this is like, man, this what is up yeah. with this little girl? And by the end, you relate to her in ways that you really didn't think you were going to. And, and you understand her story. And she's got major character development by the end yeah. of the yeah. book, oh, which yeah. I, I appreciate. Because so many times um, writers take a character and it's like, 
oh, well, this is the snarky one, so they're only going to be – that's all you're ever right. going to get. Right. And she, like you said, she's very encourageable. But by the end of the book, we see that she's made progress. She's right. able to make friends and, I have, and stuff I, like that. This has happened in, on at least one of the book I know that we reviewed on the podcast where you start off with a character that you that you don't really care for and you quickly become enamored with, you know, that it's, love it's like, wow, okay, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um because I hated that character and now I love him. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Just, I didn't hate her at the beginning. Because um, like, but I, you know, before we know what happens at the end, like we all we see is just this little punk girl lashing out. But then once we figure things out, it's just like, oh, this is why you're doing. This is why you're lashing out. This is why you're kind of a punk, you know. And it's understandable. And then when you know, obviously things happen she changes a little bit she grows yeah and i think one of the things that kind of softens a little bit in in the first two ish chapters is that you kind of have to respect her attitude you know because every everybody wants to be able to speak their mind at times Mm -hmm. you know that man i wish I wish I could be that bossy, you know. Right. <laughs> you know. The thing and she now, says. Yeah, but wish I could say some of the things she, she says to my boss. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> right. Sometimes she takes it a little too far, but it's like, man, that girl's got gumption. So, you like know, you you almost there's a part of you just just out of out of uh, maybe jealousy or envy. Then, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. that there's you, one scene that's so good. She's not com- She's not unlikable, you know, but still you know like you said encourageable yeah there's, there's a lot of things it's like girl you need to so, watch your mouth yeah it, it's 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 a it's a, a complicated little character that joe kelly developed i do like that she's kind of a smart aleck like when she slaps the teacher like uh, her sister's yelling like oh you slapped the teachers like no i slapped the psychologist teachers don't uh, get paid enough for that right. kind of oh, yeah. punishment it's there just like go. wow that's really funny yeah <laughs> Yeah, there, it's things like that at the beginning that I was just like, oh, I hate this. And yeah. then by the end of it, I was like, that's actually really clever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I hadn't read this in forever, but the movie that was in development for years just came out a couple of months ago. And I'm glad I reread it because it's, it's amazing. And I forgot how amazing they, it so was. So they did you make know, a movie of this? Because yes. I thought this yes. was like a movie. No, it, it it yes, uh, they made a movie that just came out uh, a couple of months ago when I talked about this, um, and um, yeah, uh-huh. it it went straight to VOD, <laughs> a, played in a couple of theaters. I'm actually halfway through it, Is the it movie good? right now. It's fantastic. Same and title. It's actually y- yes. Yeah. So you re- you refer uh, you recommended this one. Um. Yeah, a while ago. Okay. Like a month. Because I remember this week was going to be. Uh, the apocalypse solution for me. So when I found out it was this, I was like, mm. "All right." <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. So that was like, I didn't recommend this. I don't even know what yeah, this they, is. I didn't recommend it to read f- for the podcast, um, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm just curious because yeah. I was like, this. I would have rather read this than another X Men book because I always bring up an X Men book. Mm-hmm. So that's your thing. Yeah. Well, I try to find like a good Marvel story, and I'm like, you know what? Let me show you some some X Men. But this was just fantastic. Like I said, it's such a great read. And it's <laughs> kind Zoe of short. Zoe the teacher? Yes. Yeah. She's awesome in it. And it's just a great read. It's can- heavy, casting. but beautiful. The entire casting, I think, is great. And it's yeah. very oh, true yeah. to the book. At it's, least they picked the right actor, actresses half, for Halfway through. I mean, it is it is so true to the book. And um, 
Uh, yeah, as of now, I, I, I'm I'm really loving the movie. Yeah, yeah. I. You guys should pick this book up because it's. What's it on? It's one of the Is best. It Netflix. Um, no, it's like V Voodoo. 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 Yeah. Oh, it's on Voodoo. I'll buy it then. You can buy it or Voodoo. rent it. Rent it for like three dollars. Is it on iTunes? I th- I'm pretty sure it's on right. iTunes. Sure. Man, I gotta say, whoever wins, whoever gets that question right, man, they're gonna be get ready such for a an emotional uh, punch to the gut by the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I have, have you have you watched it? Yes, yes, Is I did. Is the ending true to the ending here? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched it, and I was like, I should Very read cool. that and talk about it. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, what would you rate it? Oh, five stars. Five. 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 So yeah. not ACP. something I would ding, typically, ding, 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 ding. Uh, yeah, not something I would typically go out of my way for, but expertly done. I'm so glad you guys yeah. liked it. So, Did you um, cry? Yeah, I teared up. Yes, we all. It's a, up. I, I like, think it's yeah. just it's it's just a subconscious uh, type of thing. Yeah, yeah it's a subton- uh, subconscious type of reaction to what because I can't say on here because wh- I don't want to spoil it. But there was there's a couple parts that hit me hard mm-hmm. on it, and I'll tell you after the the podcast. Same here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it was just the page turn where you get to it and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, kind of thing. And you realize kind of what's happening. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm and actually, that's when the water works. I'm, I'm really glad you had time to read it. So, yeah. Well, I did it. I read it all today. Oh, okay. I got out of work okay. early. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I had a half day. Yeah. So, that sounds nice. Anyway, uh, trivia time. Roger. Yeah. Do we want to go over the winners from last week? Yeah, let's do the winners from last week. Uh, the question was a Star Wars question from Aaron. Right. So the, the question, the what was the rule of the Sith and who invented it? Um, rule of two. Right. The rule of two by Darth Bane. Va- Bane? Bane? Yeah, Bane. Bane. Um, someone sent me a picture with Bane, with like Bane from Dark Knight Rises and like two lightsabers. It was pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, the uh, comics go to Heather DePaz, uh and the tray, nice. uh, the comics, sorry. Yeah. The comics, I believe, are Venom, Justice League, Wolverine, and Star Wars. Nope, sorry. Venom, Justice League, and Wolverine. Yeah, the Wars trade is trade. Star Wars, and that goes to Ian Robbins. All right, Ian. Nice. nice. Racking them up. Cool, cool. What do we got this week? I think Captain America trivia. Cap, cap. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, Captain America trivia. Okay. So, and I, I couldn't remember whether we had done Captain America trivia before, but maybe one. this will, yeah. yeah. I can only think maybe Civil War. Maybe. Civil War, yeah. yeah. Um, Captain America first appeared in what comic? Avengers. Captain America nope. number one. No. No? Nope. Tales to Astonish. Nope. Dang. Timely comics. You're close. Oh, wait, yeah, that's back in the days, huh? So yeah. it's not even part of Marvel. It was published by Timely. It was the World War II stuff. Captain America Comics, mm. number one. Okay. Created by Joe Stanley. Simon, Jack Kirby. Yeah, I think that was the answer last week too, right? So, <laughs> was it Joe Simon, Joe Simon and Jack, Jack Kirby? Kirby? Yeah. Did something? Stanley? I forget. That feels I like a question we answered. I think it was last week too. It was when Larry was here. Oh. Mm. Okay. Pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway. One of the few non-Stanley. What what year? Nineteen forty-four. Forty-one. Close. It was, yeah. Right as, right as, like right as the world. Pearl Harbor. Okay, this is an interesting one. Uh, I like this. Captain America returned. Okay, because Captain America was gone for like 20 years. 
uh, timely stopped publishing him. And he, there were no Captain America comics for a long time. But Marvel brought Captain America back in what comic? In the Silver Age. Avengers, Avengers number, number four? four? No. Oh, man. Is it Avengers? Though? Strange this is, Tales. This is a trick question. Oh. Is it Strange Tales? Captain America number one. No. <laughs> Tales to Astonish. It 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 was uh, Strange Tales. But yeah. what issue? Um, I it was in the hundreds with Iron Man. What was it? It's one fourteen. Yeah. Dang, someone knows. Deep cut. Much I know. But <laughs> what makes that unique? Why was it not? Because. Captain Captain America did return for the first time in Avengers number four. Mm-hmm. So, what was it about Strange Tales? Why is that the answer? Hmm, I'm not sure. Was it out of continuity? No, it, well, it wasn't Steve Rogers. Oh, Marvel actually used a story and they weren't sure about whether bringing Captain America back would be a popular thing to do whether you know maybe his time was already gone so they decided to do a test mm. run and they had a story a human torch story where um captain america showed up but it turned out that captain the the captain america oh. that was in there was an imposter it was the acrobat who dressed up as <laughs> okay as captain america to with Android, like, provide some kind of distraction while his buddies robbed a bank. That sounds so familiar. Like, it almost sounds like Larry might have said that one time. I think I, oh, did maybe. He, okay. Was that in, yeah. was that on one because of the shows? Yeah. It sounds oh, so familiar. Cool. I was like, man, that's dope, though. I think that's cool. that's where I remember like the the, those, the Avengers four and the mm. nineteen forty like all those dates. I'm like, yeah, it rings a bell. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the in the very last panel in that comic, Marvel revealed that this was a test to see how you know. And they said, "Let us know what you think if you you know would like to see Captain America come back." And that was in like uh, September of '63, I think. And the response was so overwhelmingly positive that in, bring him back, boys. Like five months later, they put him into, into Avengers in in issue number four. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Glad he um, was loved because he's a great character. <laughs> you know, it doesn't sell well in other countries. I wonder no, why, though. Captain America, you know. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a great character, though. Yeah. He, Do you have anything else, Roger? No, nah, nah, that's going to be it. Uh, okay. Because I think when talking about it, I actually answered one of the other questions. When did Steve Rogers' Captain America return? Uh, uh, Avengers in the Yeah. So... Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and uh, we'll go to a listener question. If uh, if you want to uh, win some some pretty good books and, a, and an amazing graphic novel, yeah, um, send in your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. I want to know. <laughs> this is so easy. What <laughs> what metal is Captain America's shield made out of? <laughs> oh my goodness! If you know the answer to that, and yeah, you can Google it. Shame on you if you have to, but. Uh, Send your response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. It's an easy question, easy win. Uh, get yourself some books or, or uh, yeah, comics or trade. I'm watching the movies, too. Though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, you should know it. Actually, I do have a one random question yeah. about Captain America related. Do they ever explain how it comes back to him? 
what comes back to him? The comic shield? physics. Is it just comics? Yeah. yeah. It's just comics. Okay. And, I, and not not the not the OG shield. I wanted the round shield. Yeah. Right. Not the, the frisbee shield. Yeah. Not the triangle yeah. shield. The, yeah. The, made out of the stuff mined in in Wakanda. I yeah. make a joke about it in Civil War where like Spider-Man's like Man. it is so easy. <laughs> I love the easy but, ones. Uh, even Larry, Larry did a thing on it when like uh, I think it was Stan Lee who first did the the boomerang thing mm-hmm. and it was like supposed to just come back. Just come back. Yeah. Okay, I was curious. I was like, yeah. did they ever explain it? Like it's He's like, just good. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's got it's it. part of the super soldier serum dude. I, he's just able I was to do say, it. Cuz I know they did it in uh um, Winter Soldier, where like he he has something on his arm that like magnetizes. He's got yeah. a sp- yeah. special yeah. magnet. Well, that that just holds it, but that doesn't bring it back. Spider Man's like that thing doesn't, doesn't obey the laws. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but it was great though. I was just curious if they ever answered that. Yeah. All, right. All right. Where does that bring us? Right to the end. <laughs> Which thank God because I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, we already covered reviews. Thank you guys. Uh, we apologize for you international listeners. <laughs> That we were unaware that we had to look on the international site. The thing yeah, is, but yeah. how long have they been there and we weren't able to see them? I didn't know how to get to them, and Johnny couldn't figure it out either. Yeah. Like, how do you but do that's this? the thing. Like Those are some of the newest reviews, so we probably need some new ones. We do need some new ones. Yeah. So You might guys, have some old ones, too, though. If you, like, yeah, no? if you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, and leave us, you know, a review. Let us know that you did. So if you're out of, you know, our region, we can give you a shout out and say thank you for um, uh, leaving a review. And you can leave, uh, let us know that you left one at what email address, Johnny? Um, <laughs> What's our email address, Johnny? Contact at all star comics podcast. Thank you, Johnny. I was trying to keep you involved here. Thank you. Before you jumped on <laughs> your freaking yeah, phone. It's millennials, man. I know. I can't keep off uh, their phones. If you want to go above and beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash all star comics podcast. Yeah. You can get if at the dollar level, dollar level gets you the episode the night it drops. Yep. So typically sometime so after 10 30. Technically, you get for 25 cents, you get the episode. As it drops, because you're paying a dollar for a month. Yeah. That's what? live. Where's that at? Uh, oh, is that the volcano erupting? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. Is that Kilauea? I don't know. I, it's sure. it's on Oahu. Or yeah. Not Oahu. Uh, <laughs> Hawaii, the big island. So, yeah. Maui. Um, so yeah, on YouTube right now, they've got a, a they got a camera set up with a live video feed of, of the eruption. That's dope. It's really cool. Check it out. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, so yeah, a dollar gets you the episode the night it drops. Only a dollar a month, and then three dollars gets you the episode early, and the Multiversity University Bank. episode yeah. package. Uh, package yeah. essentially the episode drop. And mm-hmm. then we might be doing a new show too. So <laughs> not a new show, just a new segment. Yes, well, like a, a special, a fun new segment. It might be a show. Which already, is, I got ideas. I already have dope. plans. Oh, all right, yeah. all right. So we'll talk. Um, Dude, origin stories, it's going to be tied to this. You can't do, like, a whole no, new show. I got an idea. Hold on. Matthew <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> we should um, get a green screen. Anyway. Oh, dear Lord. Anyway, uh, for those of you that are the Chiefs Gates, you can just hang on tight. Uh, you will hear the lovely sound of Larry's voice hitting your eardrums in just a second with Multiversity University. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with everything that is Horizon Comics, who is uh, the predominant supporter and sponsor of this podcast, you can like Horizon Comics on Facebook and follow at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> it's 
volcano is still going. This is really mesmerizing. <laughs> it is really going on like if you want to, if you want to keep up with any, all things audio, visual, video game related, the Hydra Five Five. That's Matthew, Dave. Uh, Instagram and or no, I'm sorry. Facebook and Twitter is Dave Ramirez, and Instagram is oh, YGTT oh, like, YGTP. I've been doing it so much now that I uh, know. Huh? Yeah, I got. What's it stand baby. for? You got the touch. You got the power, baby. Let's hey, go. Yeah, Johnny. You didn't even plug your show, man. Oh well, if you also want, well, you're also here, and you're <laughs> gonna say it. I gotta plug the other one. Fine. Okay, so if you want to listen to our other podcast that we have at podcasts.org. It is uh, the Fresh Pot of Bel Air, where me and Johnny talk about the greatest nineties hip hop or greatest nineties uh, sitcom of all time, all time, all time. There you go, all Better. time. And what all is time. that? Uh, the Fresh Prince Mountain of Bel Air. The <laughs> <laughs> that is a good show too. We might yes. talk about that too. Mm, maybe, but yeah, it's Fresh Prince we'll of Bel Air. It's fantastic. All Season right, two. Johnny. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny Two X Four, and you can uh, check out my uh, podcast with Kayla. We love you. Where we read and discuss young adult novels uh, new episode uh, next week excellent I am at St. Jonathan on Twitter and Instagram um, I typically just post nonsense like memes and uh, memes are good thoughts. shower memes thoughts those good. are good Sh- man. shower thoughts <laughs> every time I read them I'm like those are so <laughs> hilarious oh. I, I'm reading them like oh he got me that's a good one that's yeah. a good one but um, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to post all of my uh, my variant covers since we were talking about it to Action 1000 because I've been holding off until I had them all so everybody could see the set. Do you have so, them all? Now? Oh, I have them all now. Nice. And it you're gonna me... drop them down like Exodia. Oh, dude, it makes <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means, yes. <laughs> I have a feeling yeah. that's what Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm not completely out of touch with the card games. Well. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I am your host, Larry Douglas. And tonight we are going to be talking about the final year of the Golden Age, 1945. Now, before we get into this year, I do want to mention, I know a lot of people like to extend the Golden Age until 1949. They like to include all of the 40s in the Golden Age. And I've even seen some people that have extended the Golden Age all the way to 1955, basically pushing it all the way up to the Silver Age. Um, However, uh, the reason I disagree with that is because in 1946, we're going to see a real change in the comic book industry and uh, one that's going to uh, not only take down the superheroes, but it's actually going to take down some comic book companies as well. And so, uh, as I've said before, I don't think including the latter half of the 1940s into the Golden Age is really appropriate based on what happens in the comic books at that time. And I do want to point out, just as a little bit of vindication of my own opinion on this, uh, that recently I've run across some scholarly articles written uh, about comic books. And yes, they are out there. Um, Some of these that I have read are uh, PhD theses that people have written. And um, a lot of these scholarly articles that I have read actually uh, come to the same conclusion that I do. And that is that 1945 is really the end of the Golden Age. Now, as far as comic book events that happened in 1945, there wasn't anything incredibly significant. Probably the most significant thing is that the character of Superboy gets introduced. And he gets introduced in More Fun Comics number 101. Now, of course, later on, Superboy will appear in Adventure Comics and become the main feature in Adventure. And, of course, will end up getting his own title. Um, 
Now, Superboy is an important character because of the fact that it continues the Superman story. It extends it back into his childhood years. Um, He was inspired, or I should say DC was inspired, to put out Superboy because of the success of the uh, Captain Marvel family, in particular the popularity of Captain Marvel Jr. Although Superboy was different in the sense that Captain Marvel Jr. was an entirely different character from Captain Marvel, whereas Superboy was, at that time, the adventures of Superman when he was a boy. Uh, The thing about Superboy, though, is that... uh, he's going to end up being kind of a bone of contention between Jerry Siegel and DC Comics because a few years before this, with the popularity of Superman, Jerry Siegel had proposed putting out a Superboy comic and DC had said they weren't interested. But now, all of a sudden, in 1945, DC decides to put out Superboy without Jerry Siegel's permission, the person who had originally pitched the idea to them, and without Jerry Siegel actually writing it. And so later on, in a couple of years, when Siegel and Schuster go to court, this is going to be um, something that's going to be a knock against DC's case. Uh, So we'll talk more about that later. Now, to a person looking at the year 1945 in comic books, if you were a person around back then, you might not think that there was anything wrong, that we were about to enter a period where comic books would change and really decline so drastically. I mean, after all, in 1945, there actually was a study that was done uh, about uh, how many people actually read comic books, and it concluded that half of the population of the United States at that time actually read comic books, at least had read, would read one comic book during the course of the year. Um, 95% of boys read comic books and 91% of girls, so uh, split pretty evenly there. Even among adults, 41% of adult men admitted that they read comic books on a regular basis, and even 28% of adult women admitted that they regularly read comic books. So comic books really seem to be flying high. Um, However, there was some trouble on the horizon. And by trouble on the horizon, one of the things that you might not notice is that even though comic books seem to be selling really well, um, the comic books that were selling well were changing. Because what had actually begun happening is that other types of comics, for example, the Walt Disney comics by Dell, were over the years creeping up on the superheroes. And by 1945, they were actually outselling the superhero comics. Another uh, type of comic book that was outselling the superheroes at that time was what we might call teen humor comic books, in particular Archie. Um, Archie had become so popular that the various Archie comic books, uh, Pep Comics, Archie Comics, and so on, were actually beginning to outsell the superheroes. So even though things seemed to be going great in 1945, and uh, I mean, comic books were very popular and selling a lot, um, there were some things going on underneath the surface that were going to spell trouble uh, for a lot of comic book companies in the coming years and for a lot of comic book characters that people had come to know and love over the years. And we'll usher in a totally different comic book age, one that we now call the Atomic Age. And so I hope you'll join us next time as we talk about the next step 
in the evolution of the comic book. And also remember that if you ever have any questions or topic suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. You can just email me at larry at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Thanks for joining us, and I look forward to talking to you next time.